sort of crazy in Christchurch. I woke up this morning at about quarter past six, I looked at my, I think it was my phone or my iPad or something, and it was 2.9 degrees at the airport. And I was going, it must be 12.9. So I sort of wiped my eyes and you know, I thought, 2.9 in February, isn't that amazing? What a, what a crazy place we live in. 36 or something last Sunday, right? And I thought, I am determined to wear a short sleeve shirt again on this Sunday. I don't care whether it's going to be 10, 12 or whatever, I'm going to wear it, all right? So, and I did, so there you go. Who knows what's going to happen next week? <laughs> it's great. Well, Christmas is a distant memory. Who's, you know, it's only good news, 10 and a half, week, 10 and a half months and it's here again. So that's great. And, and the holidays are over, right? And, you know, it's all back to usual. And um, I've given up my role on staff, and then the first Sunday I've had to preach again, so I'm confused. Anyone else? <laughs> I want to share some words this morning from the Apostle Paul. Colossians 1 verse 9. Paul says this, since the day we heard about you, this is talking about the church at Colossae, the Colossians, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Who's thankful for the Apostle Paul? Yeah. We've got so much to thank that man for. He, he wrote much of the New Testament for us and wonderful revelation of who God is and purpose and plan of God, which is shared for us down through the ages. And every now and again in Paul's letters, he he prays for the people he's written to. And in those prayers, he gives us a clue of the things that Paul thinks are vital for those that believe in Jesus Christ. And so in this particular prayer, which has just disappeared from the screen, but it's on my notes, so it's all okay, he is praying for the Colossian believers, and by extension us in the 21st century, that God would fill us with the knowledge of his will. Good prayer, Paul. Notice he isn't praying, we ask God to fill you with knowledge. Yeah. Or even we ask God to fill you with knowledge of the Bible. Right. He doesn't even say, I want you to have knowledge about God, because our pursuit in life isn't to know about God, our pursuit in life is to know God. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. So he's praying here that we may have the knowledge of God's will. He's not saying that we might know about God's will, but he could be saying this really. He's praying that we might know God's will, understand it with all spiritual understanding and wisdom by the Spirit, by the Spirit that gives. I've got a $20 note here. Pretty cool, eh? In fact, if you can't see it, I've asked them to put some bigger pictures up there so you, you can see it because my little note might be a little bit small. I know a lot about this note. I know it's a lovely color of green. Would you agree with me? Yeah. Unless you think it's red or something else, you know, and can't see green, but hopefully. I know it has a picture of the queen on one side and a karirere on the other side, right? I know a lot about this note. I, 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 I've actually love it so much. I've learned all the words off by heart. Every single word on this, even the person's name who signed their name on it, I, I know what it's made of. I even know how many wrinkles there are on the queen's face and how many feathers there are on the bird, right? In fact, I've made a hobby of studying this $20 note all my life. I love $20 notes. In fact, I love them so much, if you came to my house, there's a whole room full of them. 
and the drawers are overflowing. There's thousands of them. And, and, the, and the, open the cupboard and they all fall out. And I love this boat so much that I've framed a whole lot of them and put them on the wall in my room. Or, and then even last year, I decided, you know, that's not even enough. So I attached them to some of the trees and the shrubs around my property and put them on the fence and then on the outside of the house. And then there's lights that come on at night and it shines up all on these beautiful $20 notes. It's awesome. I got to the point where I'm an expert on the $20 note. I have to be, don't I? I know everything there is to know about it. But I think you probably guessed there's something really important that I've failed to understand because of what I've done with my $20 note over all the years. I've proved that I really have never understood the purpose of the $20 note. I've never really understood what it was designed for and why it was given. And the person that actually had the knowledge of the will of the person that first of all decided the $20 note should be put in circulation and continued to be printed, because I haven't yet realized I can use this. It can do me good. I can exchange it for all sorts of stuff. Right. I can buy things that I need and things that I don't need. I can even go and, and help somebody else, and it can be a blessing to people. I can put it to use, can't I? It can be a, a very useful tool, a $20 note. Of course, none of that story is really true, because I don't carry cash. I've been a cashless man for years, and my wife's loaded with $20 notes. It's actually yours, darling. Is that right? Did you want it back? See if it gets there. There we go. Look at that. Look, at go all the way. Amazing. Amazing. See, without that understanding of the purpose of the $20 note, all my knowledge about it is useless to me, right? I can know all about God. I can even know all about the Bible. I can do all sorts of religious things. I can go to all sorts of religious meetings. I can, I can be pious and look nice and religious. If I try hard enough, I can act, act acceptantly around other people. I can go to heaps and heaps of gatherings. I can know all about Christianity and all about God. But Paul says he's not praying that I'd be filled with all the knowledge and more and more knowledge about God or more and more things crowding my head, no matter how good or interesting or helpful that knowledge might be. But he's saying, I'm asking God you be filled with the knowledge of his will. Yeah. I'm praying you might know his will. You might have the Spirit give you wisdom and understanding about His will. Because knowing His will means you understand His purpose. Knowing that other stuff is useful to me, but it's going to be useless without that understanding. I've got to know the purpose of God. I've got to know what it's all about. Knowing His will is going to help me put what I know into practice. Seems to me there's something very important about knowing the will of God when you see the Apostle Paul here so fervently praying. And notice he says we continually, continually asking God. Lord, let them know the knowledge of your will with all spirit and understanding that the Spirit gives. Lord, let them know your will. And there's something else, Lord, I want you to let them know your will. Yeah. Oh, and what I remember, Lord, can you please let them understand what your will is? He's continually, he says, over and over, praying it. Just by the way, Paul, when he's talking about the will of God here, he's not, in context, he's not talking about that specific individual 
leading and guidance that we might want in our lives, but he's talking about God's universal will for all of mankind. In fact, in this context, what he's really talking about is the purpose of God for all mankind revealed in Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus said something interesting about this too. And if you read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we have all that long teaching that he has, and part of it's the Sermon on the Mountain. Thousands of people are listening. And in the middle of all this, in chapter 6, Jesus says this, verse 9 onwards. Well-known passage here. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Ah, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then later, trans, later manuscripts have added, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now down through the ages, sorry mate, we're just ruining someone's little, that was good. Down through the ages, it's become known as the Lord's Prayer. But of course, it isn't really the Lord's Prayer. It's the prayer the Lord taught his disciples. So it's probably called the Disciples' Prayer. And in the account in Luke's Gospel, if you read it there, it's actually his response to their question. They've said to him, disciples have come to him and said, Jesus, could you please teach us how to pray? Then he says, of course, so then this is how you should pray. But notice he doesn't say this is what you should pray. He says this is how you should pray. So in other words, it isn't a prayer that he taught that he wanted us just to recite like a poem, although it can be nice to do that. It was his teaching regarding the pattern and the principles of prayer, the things we really should concentrate on when we pray. I don't know whether you've paid much attention recently to how you pray and what you pray about, but if we're really honest, and if I'm honest, often we're really praying, we've got to admit it's all about what I want and what I need and, you know, things that are happening in my life and my problems and my requests, and probably none of you are like that, but it's kind of embarrassing to admit that at times it's all about what can I get God to do for me, you know? Anyone else understand what I'm talking about? And my pattern of prayer can so easily go, and I can jump to, this is what I'm asking God to do. Meet my need. Lord, I've got a, a thing I need an answer for right now. And, and that's, that's fine. He, he wants us to do that. But Jesus is giving some perspective and instruction here. And he's saying, when you pray, concentrate firstly on who you're praying to. So he's saying, concentrate on your Father in heaven. Firstly, spend some time thinking about your Father in heaven and then worship him and praise him Center it on who he is and what he's already done. What a great start for your prayer time. And then he says that your worship will then turn your attention to the mission. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're designed for worship. We heard that last week, that great message from David. We design for worship. And as we put worship first in our prayer life, let me tell you this, we begin to get a further revelation and understanding not only of who God is, but just maybe a tiny little revelation of what heaven is like and where worship continues around the throne forever and ever, willfully, joyfully, fully, and continually. So our worship leads us into this deep longing, the will of God that is going on in eternity 
will take place more and more on this sin-sick world. So our prayer goes from worship to mission. Let your will be done, Lord. First of all, in my life today, I know that I'll automatically do your will in heaven, but here on earth, help me do your will. Let your will be done in my life, in my heart, in my plans, everything I put my hand to, in my decision-making, in my actions, in my thoughts, everything about me. Let your will be done. And Lord, let your kingdom come, and let your will be done in and, and, and my family. That you will be done in my friends. That you will be done in my, my workmates. That you will be done with my neighbors' lives. That you will be done in my city. That you will be done in my church. That you will be done in my church leaders. Let me, you will be done in my nation, Lord. That you will be done in the nations of the earth. And so on and so on. And by the time you've covered everything and everybody you can think of, Jesus then said, it's time to start to think about yourself. Give us today what we need. There's something about this pattern of prayer. Jesus taught it, which automatically brings our hearts in line with God's will. Worship to mission to petition. Worship to mission or intercession. To petition. What's petition? Just requests, requests. Worship, prayer, worship. Yeah. Intercession, mission. Yeah. Good. Petition. We'll be doing that very thing tonight in the yeah. worship and prayer meeting. I hope. Yeah. Further on in the same chapter and the same teaching that happens here through Matthew, just a few verses further on. Jesus says it slightly differently in verse 33 of chapter 6. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And what happens? All these things, these things he's talking about here, the things we're worrying about in our lives, the things we want and need for our life. He says, they will be given to you as well. Concentrate on him first, worship him first, then pray for his will to be done, and because God's will is to provide for his children, a lot of what you're needing in life will automatically already be on its way anyway. Is it okay? It's the last time I'm preaching for 12 months, so haven't got into too much trouble yet, I don't think it's, it's time yet. So here we have the Apostle Paul continually praying, Lord, fill them with the knowledge of your will. Fill them up, Lord, with the understanding and wisdom that comes from the Spirit to know what your will is. Fill them up, Lord. Now, who can guess where I went for holiday and our family went for holiday this year? This year at Golden Bay... I figure, I realize I've been going for 50 years. Wow. First time I went was 50 years ago. Wow. My older wife, Jill, <laughs> first went 60 years ago this year. 60 years ago this year. So I've missed, I think, I think I've missed three years over 50 years. That's about it, you know. 
And all our family still sort of goes back there. But before I went on holiday this year, I took the car to get petrol, right? You do that, don't you? Because otherwise you're driving down the road and the thing conks out before you get to your destination. So I went to the petrol station in Lincoln and, and I put, put the nozzle into the thing and, and put, put it on auto. You know how you do You click it onto auto. And so it stops on that little click. And I thought, well, I've got a long way to go, so I'm not going to just do that. I'm going to squeeze a bit more. So I squeezed a bit more, then squeezed a bit more. A little bit more. And you hear that, you know, hear that noise, and got, then there's a little tiny speck of petrol that starts to, you know, want to jump out, so you know you've made the very top, and you can get the cap put on again. So what I did was I, I had filled it up, so there was no room for any more, and there was no room for anything else. See, when something is filled up, it means there's no room for anything else. Yeah. And so when Paul here is saying, Lord, fill them up, fill them up a little bit more, a little bit more, fill them up, Lord, with the knowledge of it, fill them up with your will, a little bit more, Lord, just fill them up with your will, Lord, so that they're so filled with knowing your will and there's no room for anything else in their lives and they'll automatically want to carry it out yeah. Yeah. because they're filled with the knowledge of your will. That was a good note, wasn't it? Will. I've been praying for my voice to break for 68 years, and it's finally, finally happening. What is this will of God that Paul is so passionate about and what Jesus told us to pray for? I mentioned it very briefly earlier. It's the purposes, purpose of God for all mankind revealed in Jesus Christ. Purpose of God for all mankind revealed in Jesus Christ. God is asking, sorry, Paul is asking God to fill us up, fill us up, fill him up, Lord, with a passion for the purpose of God for all mankind revealed in Jesus Christ. Fill him up with a passion, Lord, for the purpose of God revealed, for all mankind revealed in Jesus Christ. It's God's will that none should perish, right? But no one would come to know Jesus Christ. It's God will that whoever, whoever believes and puts their trust in Jesus will be saved. Isn't that his will? It's God's will that people from every language group, every ethnic group would be part of the family of God. It's God's will that when you're part of the family of God, you carry the hope of the world within you. It's God's will that we'd be salt and light to those around about us. It's God's will that we'd be giver of faith, a giver of hope, a giver of love. It's God's will that as you live out God's, your life of faith day by day, the kingdom of God would advance around about us. His will would be done in your life and those around our lives. Hence, God's will, the Holy Spirit will continue to make us more and more like Jesus, and so on and so on and so on. The will of God. Purposes of God for all mankind revealed in Jesus Christ. So Paul is saying, fill them up with the passion for the purpose of God for all mankind revealed in Jesus. I don't know about you, but sometimes we can get so stuck waiting for some great revelation about God's will for our individual lives. Yeah. You know, I, I just can't decide whether God wants me to be a, a brain surgeon or a grave digger. I can't quite decide. I don't know. What's your will? What's your will? Hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Is it God's will for me to live in Auckland or, or Kaiapoi or the Mediterranean or maybe Quail Island? I don't know. It's just... 
Now that I'm married, is it God's will for me to have two kids or 12? Um, hope not. Um, game's not Sarah, is it, Jill? No, that's right, Jill. Is it as well for me to buy the potatoes today to take home, or does he want me to buy bird's eye salt and vinegar potato chips instead? I don't know. Does he want me to buy McLean's or Colgate? Oh. I know I'm being silly about all that. Because there are many times that we need to know the specific will of God. Sure we do, don't we? Yeah. We need to dig in and say, what are you really saying for me right now, Lord, for our unique situation? Of course we do. But I think if all of us would give ourselves to fulfilling the will of God for mankind, we'd sometimes find ourselves almost automatically fulfilling His specific will for our lives. If we are using the talents and the gifts and the abilities and the passions and all the things that God has given us and our strengths, and we are sold out to the passion with the passion for the purpose of God for all mankind in Christ Jesus, then whatever sphere we're involved in and whatever part of our life we're in, whatever age we are, we're going to find ourselves being led into the specific will of God individually, step by step and day by day. That's good heresy, isn't it? We don't just sit around until one day God lights up a big sky and we, yay, now I know the will of God. In my experience, God fine-tunes you and guides you as you go. A boat with a rudder, it's got a rudder for a reason. It doesn't sit in the dock with its rudder. You think any good, it goes out in the water and the rudder starts to be useful to steer the ship as it goes. I guess ships these days have rudders, don't they? They've just got computers. <laughs> I don't know. So God wants us to be a blessing now, right? Being part of people's lives now. To serve someone now. To love someone in Jesus' name now. To encourage someone now. To help someone now. I tell you, you only get a proper perspective of God's specific will for your life when you get a proper understanding of God's will for mankind. So these verses, Colossians, help us decide whether we're living in the will of God or not. I want to go back to Colossians 1 verse 9 and go on from there because we didn't read the other few verses. Let's do them now. Since... The day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that, okay, it's interesting, so that, here's some results in our lives when we have the understanding of God's will so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord. Please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. What a great list. I want to live a life worthy of the Lord, don't you? I want to please God, don't you? I want to bear fruit in every good work, don't you? I want to grow in the knowledge of God, don't you? I want to be strengthened with all power. I want to have great endurance and patience, don't you? I want to be able to give joyful thanks to the Father, don't you? Of course we do. Of course we all do. And all those things are the result of walking in the will of God. So how about letting this be a prayer 
for each other this year. What do you reckon? Yeah. You pray it for me and I'll pray it for you. Not all of you at once, but let's pray for each other this year. Pray it for our church family. Pray it for our church leaders. Lord, fill them. Fill them with the knowledge of your will. With all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. In fact, would you help me right now? Let's all stand right around this building at this moment. And shuffle up a little bit so you're going to be close to someone if you're not too close. And it's not too scary. Let's put your hand on their shoulder or their back or just something that's acceptable. Someone near you. And as I read these verses again, just, you believe it for that person next to you. You start to pray it in your spirit for this person. Maybe it's the person that you can continue to pray it for over the coming weeks. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and you will please him in every way and you will bear fruit in every good work and you will grow in the knowledge of God and you will be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and give joyful thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Would the group team just come up for a moment, please? Father, we thank you this morning for our brothers and our sisters, those around about us, those we have our hands upon, those that aren't here this morning, those that we love, our families, our friends, our neighbors, Lord, the church of Jesus Christ around this world. This is what you called, this is why the church is in existence, Lord. That we might get a passion for your purpose, for mankind through Jesus Christ. Give us that greater passion, Lord, this year. Let your churches, our church, every other church in the city, in this nation, and the nations have a greater passion this year. It's your will. We have a passion for the purpose of God. And Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit will continue to work amongst us. That as people have had their hands laid on them today, there'll be a, a seed which will be breathed upon by your Spirit day by day. And even their individual's lives, Lord, there'd be a greater clarity in what they're asking you for. That as they are passionate for you first, as they worship and intercede and then, put, then ask for themselves, Father, you would answer and you would guide and you would lead and we'd see people reaching their destinies in greater ways in 2020 and beyond. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.